This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Join the conversation every Tuesday at 11 as we dissect issues that are important to you and your family. That's Relatively Speaking, Tuesdays only on MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. She's a chartered financial analyst. We've got one of our longtime guests on the show today. It's Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration. He'll take your Social Security questions, and Nancy is ready to answer any personal finance questions that you might have. If you have a question for Sean, you might want to call in early because once we get going, the phone lines tend to stay pretty busy throughout the hour. You can always send an email. The address is money at mpbonline.org, but usually we'll handle those email questions off air. Uh, but uh, rest assured that if you send an email, you will get an answer either from Nancy or Ryder, or maybe sometimes even both. So good morning, Nancy. Hope you're doing well today. What's uh, caught your eye financially speaking this week in the news? Well, good morning, and I am so excited to have Sean on the show. One of our email questions was about Social Security. So I want to be at first the first of the line to ask my question if I could. But I do want to offer a cautionary tale this morning. I'm starting to get questions about gold again. And in particular, there's this idea of gold IRAs being sold out there where you can open an IRA account with a company and they will uh, purchase gold coins for you or gold bars. The problem that we're seeing with this is that there are commissions on that. The the discounting of that to have actual gold is very expensive. In some cases, 50%. So you're losing half of your money to go this route. I don't usually recommend uh, investing in gold over a longer period of time. It's just going to match inflation. But in inflationary periods, you see gold go higher. And certainly that's what we saw over the last year or so. But that is starting to moderate. The other time that we see gold start to spike is if there is fear in in the economy. And so it's a fear play. So usually I tell people, if you really have to buy gold, do it through a mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund, which is more liquid, and don't go for actual gold coins or gold bars. There's too much risk, too much discounting, too high of commissions. So what is the attraction for investing in gold and other precious metals? Well, I think it's the thought that um, th- this is a stable thing. This is something you flock to if you have concern about other types of investing. And um, it- it's just one of those traditional things that think people think of as being the solid thing. I'm always going to have that gold. Um, but it does fluctuate in value. And again, over a longer period of time, there's so many other things that can generate higher returns. All right. Anything else on your mind from the news this week? Well, the market is doing really well, and uh, we're very happy to see that after a very tough last year. And the other thing that we've seen in the news is that uh, Fitch, which is one of the bond ratings agencies, downgraded U.S. debt. And uh, there was a little bit of uh, hand-wringing over this, but the markets really just blew it off. Generally, a downgrade of U.S. debt is negative for the markets in general. But in this case, uh, the feeling was that this was not really a 
advisable for them to pursue this, and the reasons they offered were not really that strong of reasons, and so uh, we just went our way. This is Money Talks, and our guest for the hour is going to be Sean Mercer, District Manager for the Social Security Administration. Sean will answer your Social Security questions, and uh, based on past uh, episodes where we had him, he will give you a great answer. He's a super guest. We always enjoy having him on the air because he really knows his stuff about Social Security. So, Sean, as Nancy mentioned, uh, she had an email that had a Social Security question, so let's open things up that way. Nancy, go ahead and, and ask Sean that question. Well, good morning, Sean. So the question about Social Security has to do with um, the running out of the Social Security Trust Fund. And, of course, the estimates of when that will run out have been lowered to, I think, around 2034. So this particular listener said, oh, my goodness, at that time, my Social Security benefits will be cut by 20 percent. What can I do to replace that? And I would like for you to respond to what that projection is about and what we think will happen. All right. Good morning. And, yes, going to start out with a tough one here. But that's been around for a while. As you know, that they, the uh, trustees come out every year with estimates on Social Security. And for years, they've been saying that we're looking at a shortfall out there. And that's due to, uh, you know, just age and uh, people working and how the system uh, has evolved over the years. If you look back prior to 1984, Social Security had changes about every 10 years. And but since 1984, we've really had no changes. So uh, the agency and the board of trustees have been urging Congress to look at that because we are looking at some potential shortfalls, and there are a number of things on the table for Congress to consider. So we at Social Security don't have a, uh, I guess, an opinion on what we should do. We just are of the opinion that we need to do something because Social Security has always paid all of its obligations to everyone. And so we've got uh, over 10 years for Congress to act and make some changes. Uh, there's all kind of ideas floating around out there for changes within the, within the system. And we've not had any since 1984 during the Reagan administration, so we're long overdue. It is a hot topic where whenever they even talk about changes, our phones light up and Ms. Jones thinks that her benefits are going to be cut immediately and usually when they do make changes they're grandfathered in and affect people uh, a long distance in the future so just encourage our listeners out there to pay attention to that uh, voice your opinion to your congressman uh, that we do want to keep social security solvent and make those changes that they need to as i said we've got about 10 years uh before we uh actually would have to reduce benefits if no changes were made. But as they have done in the past, we think Congress will come around and make those changes that will make the program more, more solvent through all of our listeners' lifetime. And, Sean, I was surprised to look at the numbers. Right now, about 56 million people are drawing Social Security benefits. In another 10 years, that number is going to be 78 million. That's an increase of almost 40% in a decade. I was really surprised by that. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be if you think about the baby boom generation, but that's what's really weighing on the system, isn't that right? That is, that is correct. So when you look at the number of people and the, uh, the age of those people, and we are just living longer as a society. And so, you know, when they talk about things on the table right now, back in 84, 
we increased the full retirement age. So for our listeners out there today, that went from 65 to 67. So ever, all of our listeners, your full retirement age is 67. They didn't touch the bottom number. The bottom number is still 62. So there's all kind of things like that out there on the table. Do we increase those numbers or things like that into our retirement age? Because people are living longer. People are working longer. But at Social Security, we don't have an opinion on that. We just like for there to be good discussion and for people to talk to their congressman about that and look at that and see. Because if you look at someone who's close to retirement age or getting already drawing benefits, they have a lot different opinion than someone who is, say, 25 or 30 years old that doesn't really even have a good idea about Social Security. So as we evolve, we've all paid into the system, and we want to make sure it's there and solvent through through our lifetime. Well, I'm with you that I think they're going to grandfather folks in, and for people who are already retired or near retirement, I don't think they're going to mess with that calculation. Um, those people vote in very high numbers, but probably we'll see some adjustments to people who are younger and I always like to remind people that Social Security is one leg of the three-legged stool for retirement, which is Social Security is one leg. The second, if you have pensions, and of course, those are going away for many people. And the third is your own savings, mostly through your employer retirement plans. And so for those younger people, that means you really need to save even more to prepare for less in benefits in the future. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, and I'm Kevin Farrell. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past episodes. Or you can download the MPB Public Media app for your smartphone. Then you get to listen to all the local MPB Think Radio programs on your schedule. I'm here with uh, Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and also our guest for the hour, Sean Mercer from Social Security. Let's go to the phone lines. As I promised, David is up first, calling in from Covington, Louisiana. Go ahead, David. It's your turn. Oh, hello, Mr. Mercer. Thank you for your time. Um, I had a question about my online security, uh, Social Security account. I started applying... I'm turning 70 in November, so I've started setting up my online account, and I uh, received a letter from Social Security saying that uh, their identity service provider may need information from my credit report to help confirm my identity, and they call that a soft inquiry. And my question is, do I need to lift the freeze that I have on my three, you know, TransUnion, Equifax, and other accounts to let them see that, or do I, can I leave the freeze in place for that? Thanks for your question, and you're my, for our other listeners out there, uh, David is setting up a, a My Social Security account, which I would encourage all of our listeners to do, and I do not believe you have to lift the freeze on that at this point, David, uh, because what we are doing is just verifying uh, maybe a prior car loan or house note we are not actually going in to apply credit at this point. So uh, I do not think you have to at this point. Uh, I do want to double check on that and see. If we do, we would uh, contact you, and you may have to end up going to your local office to show ID if we have any questions. And a lot of people get rather frustrated with us sometimes about that, but we just want to be double sure 
that we know who we're dealing with on the other end of that computer because there is so much personal identifiable information out there, a lifetime of earnings, and we want to keep our system very secure. So that is the reason that we have reached out to the three major credit bureaus and have done one more step to try to verify and make our system as safe as possible for you to be able to do business with us. But at this time, I do not think you need to lift the freeze on your account. Thank you very much. All right, uh, David, thanks for the call. Nancy, what are your thoughts on that question? But the, my experience has been that you don't have to um, lift that freeze in order to sign online. Okay. Next up, we'll go to Pascagoula. Brenda has called in today. Brenda, you're on the air, so go ahead, please. Hi. I have a, um, an observation, I guess. I was under the impression that the, the government borrowed money from Social Security Administration back of the could you turn back? Is that true? So, yes. Yeah, so we do have what we call the trust funds, and those trust funds have been loaned back to the government with interest that they are going to have to pay back. So if you visit our website and look up, you know, how, our, how your money has been invested, we have held 7.65%, your employer matched 7.65%. And visit our website at socialsecurity.gov, and it gives a very interesting detail about how we have loaned that money back to the government with an interest rate and for them to have to pay that back instead of the, the money's not just sitting in a lockbox or sitting in a vault somewhere, that the money was put back into the economy into use there. But visit our website, and you can do a little search engine up at the top and uh, type in trust funds and read a little bit about that. It's pretty interesting, but your observation is correct. Yes, ma'am. Okay, um, one more question. Is there a timeline for the government to start paying back that money with interest, or are they already doing it? Yes, ma'am, there is. And if you if you look on there and read those trustees' reports, uh, mm-hmm. some people may think they're very boring or uh, uh complicated, but it does go into detail about the timeline for them to be paying back this interest and uh, okay. principal on there. So uh, with what you're interested in, our website has a ton of information, and it is okay. socialsecurity.gov. Always make sure you visit our website. It's .gov, and uh, uh, there'll be a lot of interesting uh, information that uh, for you on there. Okay. I'm an accountant, so I'll be very interested. Thank you so much. All right. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for calling. Thanks, Brenda, for your call. Nancy, what you got? Well, I would just say uh, I, I think there's always this talk about this trust fund as if this is carved out. It's still the government. And uh, I think it was back in the 70s where the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Social Security is a tax. And so just like other taxes, it's collected by the government, it is used. Yes, we have this carve-out, but that to me is less important than looking at the overall sustainability of Social Security. And I will go back to what Sean said earlier, which is we need to, to pay attention and nudge our congressmen to actually address the shortfalls. Next, we'll go to Bay St. Louis. It's Edwin's turn to be on the air. Good morning, Edwin. Uh, Go ahead, please. Yes, good morning. Um, my question is, I have my, my Social Security account, and I check it from time to time. I'm not collecting Social Security. 
I'm uh, eligible uh, for FRA uh, next March. But anyway, uh, for the past year, I noticed that they say I owe money to Social Security, and I'm not even collecting Social Security. It's like $300. So I called, I called Social Security and got somebody on the phone about a year ago. And they said they don't see it in their system. I said, well, it's on my Social Security account. Well, she, I don't see it. So I said, okay. She said, I'm going to look into it. I never get a call back. So say three months later, I go to my Social Security account. It still says the same thing. You owe money. And I'm not collecting any money. And every time I try to call Social Security, I never get an answer. Or yeah, I get some automatic machine say, well, we got too many calls. We can try it back another time. So it's been like that for the past year. I can't get an answer on that. Why they said I owe money. I'm not even collecting any money. All right. Thank you for your call, Edwin. So, yes, that does sound like a strange one there. And uh, so you're going to be full retirement age next March, and we will talk with you at that time and uh, look on there and see. It could it simply be a mistake on how it was uh, added to your record by, you know, we not everything is perfect with what we do. That is something we would need to address there, especially since you have never drawn benefits. We would also need to look and make sure that there weren't any other benefits, uh, you know, that somehow got transposed from someone else's record onto your record. But uh, I wouldn't worry too much about that at this point right now. Uh, go ahead, keep watching your uh, Social Security account. Then when you get ready to retire, retire at full retirement age, if that's what you're wanting to do or if you're wanting to wait till age 70, we're going to communicate with you then. And then when we actually put your record I guess, live or active on the system, if there is an overpayment out there from anywhere, it's going to show up on that record and for us to be able to say, hey, you know, that somehow got transposed. Uh, somebody typed the one in front of the two or something uh, years ago that added something, and uh, we can we can correct that at that point if that's, that's the case. Yes. Um, tell me this. Um, um, so... I was reading someplace, they say you should um, apply for when you want to start collecting your Social Security benefits at least three months ahead of time. Because, for example, when I called um, a while back, maybe about a year ago, and talked to that lady on the phone and told her about the discrepancy, and she said she didn't see it in her system, and she was able to tell me um, what my effort would be, same as what I saw on my account. But then she said, well, I'm going to put you in some type of um, system where um, for six months, I forgot what they call it. I didn't ask her for that. She said, well, I said, well, what if I just want to retire um, early? Is it going to affect my account except maybe for like, I don't know, I'm going to lose like $30 for the rest of my life if I wanted to retire, say, six months earlier than my FRA? She said, um, yeah, that's nothing would um, be different. You know, you just be short maybe $30 uh, a month for the rest of your life, so I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what, well, I'm 66 years old almost, and like, how much longer am I going to live? So that $30 a month going to really count for anything, and it doesn't really affect um, my wife so much, except for my um, $30. So, you know, I was just thinking about that, but she put me to some type of system where she said, you got six months to, I forgot what they call it, do you know what she was talking about? Um, not really. I think maybe there may, may have been some miscommunication there. So, yes, we can go back retroactively 
for someone's claim to take a to protect you for six months. And so let's say you you came in today uh, to file for retirement benefits based on what you had been doing, based on your age, we could potentially go retroactively back for six months of, of past due benefits. But we can do that at any time if you qualify. Not everyone qualifies for what what you're what I think you're explaining there now. However, if you want yeah, was- initial question, if you wanted to wait till your full retirement age, we cannot take a claim over 90 days in advance. So I tell people 45 days is plenty of time for you to file a claim and for us to be able to process your application. We have people that call us, you know, four months in advance, and we can't even actually put that into the system uh, that far in advance. So 90 days is the, the most uh, that we can go out in the future, but I, I tell people 45 days is plenty of time. And at that time, we will talk with you and see if what you're explaining to is a six month worth, six months worth of retroactivity. If you qualify for that, we could pay you that potentially. It is less money, but as you described, that it is a smaller period. You have to live a long time to make up for that. That, but that is part of the discussion that we have with people who are eligible for that. Not everybody may be in your situation as far as work, earnings, things like that, that would prevent us from being able to do that. So we'll discuss that with you whenever you get ready to uh, file for retirement. So last question. So i got to come to the office. I can't do it online? You can do it online, yes. And when we do it online, we should follow up with you and uh, have a discussion and set what we call your date of eligibility. And that's whether you're wanting to file on August the 8th or whether you may qualify to have your date of retirement set to, you know, uh, March the 15th or March the 1st of 2023. As I said, it's kind of complicated. Not everybody qualifies for that because when you're under full retirement age, you're subject to the earnings limit. So a lot of individuals out there may still be working and they don't qualify for any retroactivity on their account. Oh, yeah, I'm not working. Right. Yeah, so I'm you can working. file online, and uh, we, could, we could talk with you about that. Yes, sir. All right, then. All right, thank you. Thanks for your call. Um, have a good day. Bye-bye. All right, Edwin, we appreciate your calling in this morning. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, MPB's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Our guest this hour is Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration. Let's go to New Albany. Katie has a question for us. Good morning, Katie. You're on the air. Good morning. I made a terrible mistake when I started my Social Security. Um, I, like probably many older people, um, want to don't want to quit working and so i chose to step down for a uh from a more uh stressful job to a part-time job before i retired and that ended up and impacting the amount i could receive because what is it the last uh one year uh, average of your wages no ma'am no ma'am it is your last 35 years of wages, so stepping down at the end is not necessarily, you know, yes, it is going to impact, but a lot of people are under the misconception, just like you, that it's your high three, your last five, your high Uh two. It's actually I'm not sure where I got that impression, but... uh, Your highest four years of earnings, and we drop your five lowest, so we use 35. 
Now, what another common uh, thing out there is you may have someone that only works 25 or 30 years in the workforce and simply retires and goes home and does not work anymore. Well, they may have some zeros in their computation because for retirement purposes, we're using 35 years of earnings. Let's don't confuse that with disability for our listeners out there to where disability uses the money you have paid up until the day that you became disabled. So two different, I guess, methods there of what we use. But to get back to your question, we're looking at 35 years of earnings to determine your retirement benefit. Well, thank you so much. I can stop kicking myself for making a bad decision. <laughs> You're good. Thank you for calling. Thanks, Katie, thank for your call. Nancy, what do you what do you have for us? Um, Sean, with that 35 years, I was under the impression that they looked at it quarter by not not true. Is it just the whole year? 35 years, but you may only have, let's say, 30 years and two quarters, you know, and that's all you work. But, yes, they do look at it, but it's 35 years of earnings figured into your computation. So a good example I like to give when I'm doing a presentation maybe is maybe a state employee that works for 25 years, does everything right, goes home, draws their PERS retirement, does not work anymore, and then becomes eligible some years later for Social Security. Well, they have 10 years of zero earnings on there because they only spent 25 years in the workforce, and there are 10 zeros added in. So their Social Security could be impacted by those zero years of, of no work uh, because they did not work past 25 years of earnings. Next, we've got Rick, who's called in from the road today. Good morning, Rick. You're on the air with us, so go ahead. How are y'all? Good. What do you have for us today? I was just listening. Is that The 35 years is the highest 35 years. You cut out, if you had a couple of years with zero, you still take the highest 35? Because I've worked more than 35. That is correct, Rick. We actually take 40 years of earnings, drop your five lowest, and use your high 35. Now, having said that, you cannot look at that numerically. If you have a My Social Security statement and you get that and you see your earnings through the years, you can't go by and just check off your high 35 necessarily because it's indexed for current wage standards. So let's say that, you know, $25,000 in 1992 versus $30,000 in 2023, that may be higher based on the indexing factor. The further it goes back in time, the higher the indexing factor is to bring your wages up to what they would call a current wage standard. So you look at our website on there and it looks at, uh, talks about how your retirement benefits are figured and indexing of wages pretty interesting to look at that and see but to answer your initial question yes those zeros would not necessarily hurt you because you have other earnings to replace those years that we would have on there so are you saying if i go on my portal which i've done before and see the estimated uh, monthly income is that a pretty close accurate figure it may change gonna be pretty close depending on your age so uh you know, I'm 56, okay. and so mine is pretty close, and I've estimated out, you know, what I expect to make. Also, you can go in on, on the calculator on there and say, you know, I'm kind of tired of the rat race. I'm going to 
you know, retire or take a second job and make maybe half of what I have been making because your estimate on there now is based on the last year we have posted and we're using right. those figures to run out through age 62 and your full retirement age. But if that figure well, is $70,000 and you're not going to do that, yeah. then that could make a difference if you were going to come home and say, hey, I'm just going to work part-time, work for somebody, and I'm only going to make 25000 a year. That's going to make a difference in your estimate there again, depending on how close you are to retirement age. Well, I'm close. I'm full retirement age will hit next spring, but I continue. I plan on continue working. Uh, is there a, is there a limitation? If I said, you know what, I'm gonna continue to work till I'm seventy, but I'm gonna go ahead and start taking Social Security next year for supplemental income. Is that income get limited while you're still working? Once you obtain your full, the month you obtain your full retirement age, the earnings limit goes out the window so you can continue to work and draw your full Social Security. Now, you're going to continue to pay FICA taxes on that money while you're working, and the computer is smart enough to look back and see if one of those years while you continue to work will replace one of the high 35 that we have used in your computation. And you say, well, I know it will because, you know, I remember what I made when I first started working. We got to look at those indexing factors and see that it does. And most probably, if you're working full time, it's going to replace each year. But it's only one thirty-fifth of the computation. So if it moves your benefit, you know, 10 or $12 a month, that is a huge move for you. And it also notifies you about that. Each year when you get your cost of living increase, if there is one, based on uh, the uh, the uh, formula that's figured in there, and in the last paragraph of that letter, it also says, hey, we may have recomped your benefits, and based on your current work, you're due four more dollars a month. So not only did you get a cost of living increase, but you also have increased your uh, monthly check by three or four dollars a month because you are continuing to work past retirement and your current earnings replace one of the high 35 that we used in your computation. So say I want to go till 70 and I'll say some going like full retirement and I don't think I want to know another three years. Um, it's going it's the earnings are going to be cut, I guess, as reported for the end of the year off your W-2. The earnings do come off what is posted on your W-2, and those get posted pretty quick now because most of our employers um, have do electronic wage reporting, and so it's not uncommon to see wages start posting uh, by April or May of each year for the previous year. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, um, Rick, we appreciate your call. Uh, Sean, just to follow up on that, you had mentioned that uh, when someone reaches full retirement age, uh, the the uh, wage restrictions go out the window. So if prior to full retirement, if you're taking Social Security and you work, what are what are the uh, the, the rules there? $21,240. So that is the limit. If you're going to be under that, then it's fine. We don't care. But if you're going to work and be over the 21240 one dollar for every two that you go over. So let's say that you told us you were going to work thirty-one thousand two hundred and forty dollars was going to be your gross earnings. So you're ten thousand over. So half of that would be five thousand. We would have to hold five thousand in check 
and then we would begin to pay you any benefits if you wanted to file prior to your full retirement age. That figure goes up slightly each year. Last year in 2022, it was 19560 so it goes up slightly each year. And uh, you are subject to that till the month that you obtain full retirement age. At that point, the earnings limit is not an issue for you. And I think, Sean, that uh, when you say you withhold that, um, if you're over that limit, isn't that set up so that you may lose out on three months' worth of payments before your payments kick in? Because there's been some confusion with people about, oh, I thought it was just going to reduce the benefit for the full 12 months. That is correct. We don't re- we pay you your benefit, and so we don't hold partial checks either. So let's say that we uh, we needed to hold three and a half checks. Well, we're going to hold four checks, and then we would pay you your full benefit that you were due. So you are correct. We don't reduce the benefit and spread it out over time. We hold full checks and then pay those once your estimate. That's why I tell people that it's so important to estimate, and I always encourage them to estimate a little bit high because most people cannot hit exactly what they're going to make. You know, they're, they're working a little more, things go a little well, they thought they were going to make 31000 they end up making 35000 so, you know, they're slightly over, well, then they owe us money, and it's just kind of like the hamster on the wheel. We have to hold checks, then we've got an overpayment on the record, we've got to hold money back for the overpayment, so estimate a little bit high. At the end of the year, when you have your W-2, you can turn that in, or once the wages get posted, if we comp those, uh, recomp those benefits and we see that you've made less than what you had estimated, we can pay you those and deposit that money almost overnight. If it's an overpayment, most of the time the individual does not want to write us a check in full, and we have to start withholding an overpayment out of the check on a monthly basis. So it gets rather complicated when we start talking about overpayments there. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotcher-Janderson, president of New Perspectives. And our guest today is Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration. Brenda has been holding on for us. So, Brenda, you're on the air now, ready for your question. Go ahead. Mr. Mercer, I just wanted a, a quick answer on, I have been receiving disability now for probably 15 years. Prior to that, I, I worked just probably a half a dozen years. So now that I'm 65, will, I, will that just automatically, how do I, do I, go down and apply for for Social Security, or how does that payment parlay over into my go from disability to a regular, I guess, Social Security check? Very good question, Brenda. And the answer is you don't need to do anything. You're drawing your full Social Security based on what you had worked and paid in until you became disabled. Once you reach okay. your full retirement age, on your, uh, you will suddenly, on our rolls, become retired and no longer disabled. There's no change in benefit because you have already been receiving the highest benefit you could receive. Disability is based on what you paid in up until the day you became disabled, and it's unreduced. So you are drawing the highest benefit you can. You will not see any change in benefit. 
you've been drawing for over two years, so you already have Medicare, so you're set. You will not see any changes. The only thing is if we have sent you paperwork in the past, how we've done medical re-exams on your disability and uh, updated your medical charts to make sure that you were still qualified for disability, those will no longer take place because on our records, once you reach full retirement age, you're a retired individual, and so we don't have to go through that. So to answer your question, you don't need to do anything and you will not receive any increase or decrease in benefits. They will stay the same, and you'll continue to get the cost of living increase if we get those in the years that they are applicable. And do I fall under the same criteria if I wanted to hold a part-time job? That That is correct. Once you, once you reach your full retirement age, you are subject, just like any other retiree, even though you've been on disability for all those years, what the earnings limit would not apply to you at that point. So, yes, ma'am, you're okay once you reach your full retirement age. So what year were you born? Okay, thank you. Pardon me? What year were you born? 57. So your full retirement age is 66 and six months. So six months after your 66th birthday, you will be retired on our records. Okay, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks, Brenda, for your call. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. Off to Kosciuszko we go. Maria uh, Maria is on the line. Go ahead with your question, please. Hi. I am trying to assist a family member who has, he is on, uh, eligible for, uh, or has enough credits, I'm sorry, for uh, Medicare when he reaches the age. But he hasn't filed a tax for, I don't know, 10 years? And although he has been working, so I'm I'm debating whether or not to get all of that straight. But if he owes income tax, uh, would IRS take money from his Social Security? I, mean, I, I was having I, I was having trouble hearing you. Your phone went in and out. But maybe to answer what I think your question is, we do get money. That's the way we don't collect the money at Social Security per se. Your money comes through payroll taxes and through, you know, when you file your taxes. So if he was self-employed, that would be on a a self-employment tax return, whether he paid FICA taxes or if he was employed uh, through an individual and had a W-2, that's where he those uh, tax returns would actually make him eligible for benefits on our records based on what he had done via filing those tax returns. Okay, so we can file them late for the yes, last yes. 10 years. That, that would be a question you would need to talk with the IRS about. Once the IRS posts those, then it comes over to our records. So we do see people that file income tax returns late. I don't know about mm-hmm. the time frame there. That would be a question you need to talk with the IRS about. Okay. All right, then. Thank you. All right, Marie, thanks for your call. Sean, I think the other thing she asked about was can can IRS somehow garnish Social Security um, money to pay tax back taxes? Yes, we do see uh, federal tax liens on, our, on uh, Social Security. So there are only a few things that uh, Social Security can be garnished for. One of those is child support, and we get those quite often in the mail. Uh, and then we also get federal tax liens against someone's Social Security. So... Uh, those can those can be done as well. Uh, All right. So, yes. 
Larry is on the line from South Haven. Larry, we got about two minutes left for your call, so go ahead, please. Thank you. I'm about to turn 70 on October the 4th of this year, but I'm still working full time. And my question is, how much will my benefit be reduced? Your benefit will not be reduced any, Larry. You can go ahead and file that claim now. We can have you ready for payment. Uh, and you can continue to work, so you are going to actually get, uh, uh, you know, a, a large windfall by waiting till age 70. From full retirement age to age 70 is an 8% increase, so you're going to get the maximum amount of your Social Security based on what you have worked and paid in. So uh, I would encourage you to go ahead and file online, create your My Social Security account, and do that, and we can have you ready to pay. Um, uh, towards the end of the year for your first check, and you do not need to stop working. It's not going to be reduced in any way. Thank you so much. Good news, Larry. Or the, Thanks for your call this morning. Uh, so, Sean, got about a minute left. You know, I remember when uh, I back in when I was a little kid and I got my Social Security card and signed it, and I think I still have it, and it's always fun to kind of look back at my 12-year-old handwriting. But in this day of digital uh, things, do do people still get a physical Social Security card? They, they they sure do. We still issue those cards, and we encourage all our listeners out there, even though it is made what I call credit card size, perfect to put in your wallet or your purse, you do not. You do not need to carry that card with you. The only time you have to, have to actually physically show the card is getting a job or opening a, a bank account at a financial institution. There may be other times that you might need it for various things, those are few and far between. You need to keep it up, put in a safe place, and carry it only when needed. And especially for our people out there who are carrying cards for their children, do not carry those. You can write the number down if you need to know your child's number. There again, be careful where you give that number out. Uh, it may be something that I have to give my number out if I'm going to buy a car or make a loan or something like that. But uh, we, we, in Mississippi, we managed several years ago to get your number off your driver's license. So you have a Mississippi driver's license number that's not related to your Social Security number. So keep those cards put up in a safe place and only carry them when you need it. All right. That's a great show. Thanks, Sean, as always, for helping us out. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks. So for Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and our guest, John Mercer, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.